This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Hello, it's Lols here coming to you live from Talks. It's a gloomy and rainy day outside, perfect for recording podcast intros. We are officially halfway through lockdown mark three for any Victorians listening to this. Whoop, we're halfway there. Today's guest, she is inspiring. She is a dreamer. She is a friend of mine, Pippi. Um, this is one of those people that just makes her dreams come true. She's a director, an author, executive producer. Pippi lives part in LA, part in Sydney. She is such a go-getter. She's had two bambinos who are kind of like miracle babies. You get to hear all about her journey with them. Trigger warning, she does talk about losing babies and it's uh, a very dark part of her life but she's so passionate about sharing it in order to help other women who have gone through similar kinds of losses. She is also on a reality TV show that I love called Very Cavalieri and her two bambinos have been on the global hit show Modern Family and I ask about all the behind the scenes of that so this is for any creative that dares to dream. Enjoy my friend Pippi. Okay, so we are old friends, so I'm going to, like, jump straight in. This is Pippi Pomeranz, best name ever, by the way. I know that you <laughs> get told that all the time. <laughs> We've been mates for Yonks. How long? I don't know now. Um, it's got to be over five years. Definitely, because right? I lived in – I lived in – I moved to Sydney when I was 27, and I feel like we we caught – we met first in Fox Studios, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm 34 now, so that I have to be, Seven. I reckon, yeah. Seven or eight years. Oh, yeah, yeah that's so good. <laughs> Always need an anniversary, a 10-year, hey, babe. We'll get it. We'll get it. <laughs> so for people that don't know Pippi, but I, I reckon a lot of listeners will know you because of the wonderful Very Cavalieri TV show that you are a wonderful star <laughs> on, um, but you run and own your own production company, you're executive producer, you're a director, you're an author, you're a dreamer, you're a mama bear to two, two well, to twins. How old, how old are Hunter and Andy now? They're just about to become 18 months. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. Pippi, that's, that is bananas. <laughs> it makes me tear up as I fall asleep on the desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing and I'm so excited to chat to you about juggling, being like a boss babe, career get, get, go-getter, but also having these twins. I mean, I feel like you need like eight limbs to be able to hold them all at once and so, be typing emails. It's so funny. I have Lakshmi on my desk at all times, yeah, the goddess yeah. of, as you would know, and she's yeah. just the multitasker, the ultimate multitasker. And so she's got funny. how many arms does she it's, have? She, she's got eight, so it's really yeah, funny that you perfect. just said that. So I love that you just said that. You, it's, you, you're speaking my language, my friend. Yeah, big time. Big time. I'm, I Actually, I had my therapist yesterday and we went straight into like – 
Indian Hindu gods straight away and I was like. Love it. Man, I love I could, it. You could, you could almost bring everything back to there. I, really. Always. always. <laughs> now I want to talk to you because well, let's start with career because you've got such an incredible career. You are self-made. You are a dreamer. But the difference is you can be a dreamer but you're a dreamer that just has so much drive and determination. And so you grew up in SIDS. Yep. Sydney. Are you I, a Loretto I, girl as well? No, I'm a Queenwood girl. So in Sydney, that's part of the big awesome schools, right? Like yes. The, the big kahunas. Yes. It was, well, yes and no. So yes, it falls under that, but we did like to, we weren't really very studious girls. We're a little naughty Queenwood girls and not the fact of being a little, a little wild back in the day. I'm not going to speak for Queenwood now, but back in the day, we're a little naughty. Let's just be honest. School was sort of, we just happened to be at school. We're more Not about true. being social, making friends, you know, one big it, long summer camp, I say. Is it true that for people's birthdays, you'd make them um, videos for like a birthday video? How the hell did, how did you find that out? <laughs> A deep dive. <laughs> okay, well, you're impressive. Um, I used to make VHS movies um, with a hand caught camcorder. Yeah. My parents travelled a lot, um, and I would always we would always get sort of the Cabbage Patch doll sheets before they came out. I'm really telling my age, um, and we would have a lot of the stuff before, you know, the American stuff before. Um, so and I had the camcorder, and I used to go up to the local Seven Elevens and pretend I was there making a slurpee and doing like a selfie videos, and like you know, <laughs> always, yeah. So everyone ahead got of one your of those time, videos. Pippi. Oh Ahead of your time, no oh social media gosh. back then. Oh my gosh! Same with me though. I'm actually glad there was no social media. <gasps> Same oh. with me though. Like even someone's. I, I was talking to someone about when I started morning TV, and I, there was only MySpace pip. Oh yeah, no MySpace Facebook. Yeah, no, no, no Insta, no Twitter. Okay, so you your dream from pretty early on was film, correct? Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, it was it was sort of I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to make a career of it, mm-hmm. um, and because nobody in my family was from the business, so um, I sort of I would say to my parents, "Oh, you know, I want to be be a filmmaker," and. They just couldn't get their heads around it. They were like, no, but you have to have a teacup to go sell something or you have to go <laughs> and be a lawyer or, or you know, it was one of those sort of things. So I, um, it was a hard sell. And when I graduated, do you want me to just launch into it? Yeah, because yeah. didn't you do, didn't they encourage you to go more down the graphic design yes. kind of pathway? Yes, so that yeah. was sort of a career yeah um but I they encouraged me to go down that route because I didn't get into I didn't do very well in my HSE gotcha um I didn't do very well in my final exam I didn't do so badly that I didn't get into anywhere but I didn't get I didn't get into where I wanted to go um and that was um film school so but that would also be Pip you've got a creative mind as opposed to necessarily like old school academic mind totally different parts of the brain totally I think I might have said at school I don't know why I have to do um math because I'll have someone to do it for me <laughs> <laughs> 
Outsource, outsource, <laughs> outsource I love it. <laughs> um, so, so I had this interview with the Australian Film School and I was told that I needed more experience in life in, in sort of world, sort of after I'd done my graphic design, I went in interviewed with Australian Film School um, at, because I really didn't have any life experience except for sort of travelling with my parents. So that's when I decided to go and live in England. Yeah. How yeah. was that? You did two years in England, yeah? I did. It was amazing. It was hard. It was amazing. Um, I travelled a lot. I did. It was just that perfect sort of, you know, eating bread and cheese in a, you know, at um, in the Greek islands. And I did, you know, that, that I did that. I was known as a Chanel backpacker. <laughs> I took... I took a hair straightener in my backpack, you know, like in my pack. Amazing. One of those things. But, yeah, um, and we just, I just sort of travelled around and and a couple of years later, uh, uh, during that time, mum and dad had moved to L.A. Um, for business and um, I picked up the phone and said, hey, <laughs> I I know what I want to do. I still want to be a filmmaker and I think mum hung up on me and took two weeks to call me back. <laughs> and and then, then, then you packed up, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I went over from from England, went to L.A. So wow. Yeah, so my journey, I didn't come back to Australia. I yeah. kept on going. So that's where it all started. So Amazing. And so um, UCS, is that right? No, USC. No, USC. USC. Yeah, so that I, had is to like go a, to, I had to go to a um a community college to get yep. my um to get the grades and the sort of the credits they have there yep. up and that's where at Santa Monica College I'm proud to say I started their cinema club which is still running <laughs> amazing, amazing it is still running so I started the cinema club there um and I went to SMSC Santa Monica College and then that's when I got um the transfer credits to go and I got into USC film school. And that's a pretty illustrious school, film school, right? Yeah, it was um there was 50 of us in the program. I think I was one of one of five women that were Whoa. in Yeah, it was all boys, all guys, <sighs> boys guys it was guys I was like Sandy from Greece to be like totally honest I was like yeah you can carry my book bag for sure <laughs> I love it I love it I love it and you got so how long was that course so it was uh four years and then you started working pretty quickly didn't you yeah I did it was you know USC was the turning point for me you know out of my failures of school yeah, working really hard for to, to going to community college, sucking that up, and making the most of it and loving it, and getting into you know an Ivy League school um, really validated my career choice, and yeah. it would have never happened if I hadn't have you know we're all right here right now because of what we've done right. So totally, that would have never happened for me if I hadn't have you know screwed up on that other side. Oh, totally. I think failure is the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So was the first gig with the Style Network, is that right? Yeah, it was with E Mm -hmm. um, and Style Network, correct. Um, And it was called You're Invited? Yeah. Tell me about it. It was was so much fun. Um, 
I worked my way up. I was a supervisor. I was actually associate producer. Then I quickly went into being a supervising producer. And then I made myself a job as a director. I convinced them that they only Amazing. needed a director. So that was when I sort of jumped in on that. And it was, it was, we did a show a week. We were, I was on set all the time. Um, I think we did, I want to say, 34 or maybe 42 episodes wow. but it was it was it was a good solid couple of years yeah. and I met the top top sort of party planners I met this it was just, but I, what it was was more hours on set you know and and I got to make my mistakes on set and I worked with an amazing team and we just became a little family. And it's where I met one of my best friends still to this day, Miss um, Keisha Whitaker, which, um, you know, she's married to or was married to Forrest. Um, and we had, you know, we formed a very tight friendship um, mm. on that show because when you in the trenches with hot glue guns, you know, anything can happen. <laughs> Is um, is like a film in LA as glamorous as from the outside? You know, Hollywood is the holy grail of, you know, film, TV. Is it as is it as magical as it seems from the outside looking in? Look, I <laughs> no and yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, because you're doing what you love. No, because you're doing it, it like you you are doing everything. I mean, look, I started um, doing lifestyle and reality really early on. Like it was really early on. So we sort of really formed what was happening. Um, so that was exciting. Yeah. Um, that was really exciting. Was it glamorous? No. Was it <laughs> fucking phenomenally fun? Yes. Yeah. Could we do anything? Yeah, we got the freedom to do anything. So that was really fun. Because then you, from what I can, what I've read about you is you then basically worked with this kind of like EP director kind of role, both, and you had your own company, but both in America and in Australia. Yeah. So is I did. Right? I did a lot of, you know, a lot of my um, climbing up the ladder um, yeah. in the US. So yeah. I always say I was, I was born down here. You know, secret. I was actually born in New Zealand. So, oh, this I knew, this I knew. So, you know, um, proudly, you know, proudly, quietly in New Zealand. Um, but I, I always say I'm from Australia, but I grew up in LA because I truly believe the former, former, uh, formidable years of my life were in my 20s and really coming, you know, coming up from film school and through that, through that E entertainment pro, um, sort of, family mm -hmm. I mean we did a lot of shows you know and 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 that was the funnest time ever um and then I decided that it was time to go back to Australia and just say hi to the Aussies <laughs> I hadn't been there for a long time I don't think I came home for 13 years or maybe yeah 10 years it was a it was a long time and it was like being in a foreign country. Yeah. Having hung out with you in Australia, in Sydney, and having yeah. hung out with you in L.A., yeah. to me, your home is L.A. Yeah. 
I feel like that's where your heart is in so many ways. Yeah, and that's why it's so hard at the moment, isn't it? But that, yeah. we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, my heart, I grew, I grew up in L.A. I'm yeah. a Cali girl, you know, that happens to be from Australia, if yeah. that makes any sense. It's, I, it totally I do everything, does. I do everything ass-backwards lols. You know that about me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's, everything's non-conventional with me. So, so can I ask how the Fashion Bloggers series came about as well? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, fashion Bloggers fashion bloggers was an idea. Look, as the, as the gram was coming through and yeah. I was feeling like, you know, you want to get in the forefront of telling stories, right? And totally. it was one of those things that you, I didn't know anything about it. So I just sort of reached out to a couple of girls that I really liked and um and met with their agents and then met with them and um and it sort of developed from there Mm. and it just was a sort of a no-brainer the hardest part was getting someone to buy it um yeah you and I have been through that process before yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really hard. I yeah. mean, gosh, we have, all have so many great ideas, but how to make money from them and get someone to also lo- agree to it is another yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but I got the car. We, you know, got the cast together mm. um, and had the st- a stellar cast. Had a lot of support um, and um, got e bought it. So, oh, it was such a fun show yeah. to watch and to cons- consume as well. Like it made it kind of like made me fall in love with these fashion bloggers from a different lens. It made me feel connected in this new world as well. Totally. So I feel like I learned so much from each and every one of the girls, including while we had so many amazing guests. Mm. I mean, and getting the news about, you know, these magazines that have gone under, you know, it's Mm. just so sad because we had so many fabulous, fabulous editors. We also had amazing celebrities. We even had Kim Kardashian. That's right. I remember. I remember. Yeah. And, but, and you travelled all over the world as yeah. well, didn't you? Like yeah, you we filmed everywhere. everywhere. And just for people listening, if they don't know about the magazines, in Australia eight magazines as of yesterday have gone under yeah. totally. So, like, so all the biggies. I, heartbreaking, honestly. And that's people's career and livelihood. Oh and and also the way in which we consume the world consume fashion and it's not holding a magazine anymore I don't know it just it's It's just just something so there's so much change right now (laughs) just I'm like sort of I'm like, come on, guys, what's next? I need to buy my magazine. Like, I, I know. love sitting I do there too. quietly with my, you know, with Same. Elle and, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, and there's Elle, something, um, it's almost like a form of self care because it's yes. so inspiring as a visual person, but then it feels like your little secret time to yourself. It totally. feels very intimate and personal and like a way of giving back to yourself. And it gets us off the screens too. Totally. You know, I I don't know. I just think it's really a really big mistake. It's really. 
tragic. Do you know what's been so amazing to research you, though, like through the process of researching you, you create all these moments and content, like these like trailers and almost short films, and you've done a lot for Uncommon James, yep. little, the Little James Christmas kind of video with the snow <laughs> falling. I was like, Pip would have been in heaven doing this. I shot that on my iPhone. No, really? Yeah. Because yeah. <gasps> yeah. I saw the behind-the-scenes video of it. I think I saw a behind the, Maybe there was a clip because it was also on the show, was it? Yeah, yeah. And then the, the final product is on your YouTube page and it's incredible. But also everything that you've kind of touched and it has got this almost like the way that you describe a magazine, that it gives something back to you and it's. I think the stuff that you create does that as well, you know, oh. obviously – more digital way because of YouTube and whatnot. That um is the biggest compliment because I wanted I want every one of my pieces to be like a glossy magazine. That's my brief in in our in our company. Do you know what I mean? So I can you totally got it, see Lawrence. that. That's amazing. Thank I can you. totally see that, and I get I love every time you bring out a new uncommon James kind of like trailer because there's like the full like edition. Because I'm guessing all this means there's all new jewelry coming out yes. that needs to be promoted, and yeah. so and you've just got this. You're really great, I feel, at, at kind of like meshing in artistic but then hitting the like the masses and the pop as well. Oh, so it becomes you. like an ad campaign but it feels like a piece of art. Thank you. So thank hopefully you. that's part of the no, brief as well. No, it is. It, honestly, it is. It's telling a story, you know. Um, the fall one was done in Nashville. Kristen's yeah. really wanted to feel like get her audience to know that the Uncommon James was born in Nashville so yeah. we went to Nashville and that was sort of really important to her and 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 to me when we were talking about how to do this um and then sort of going to New York and being the city oh, girl and this and that the girl that was, goes from yeah. day to night to business yeah. meeting and the ultimate yeah. boss babe where is she going to be in New York um, that was so fun to watch the New York oh, one. It made me. It was so we fun to do. we spoke on the phone, Pippi and I, right before this interview, and I was like, "Oh, you're making me miss America so <laughs> much." Gosh, I mean, New York. We did that. I did that when the twins. Oh, that's you know, they were they were born. Were they? First time away from the twins <sighs> doing that video for two days. Wow. Okay, yeah. so this is where I, I do want to go. Only for Christian. Only for Christian. <laughs> can Only you talk, Christian. can you share a little bit about being on her show, Very Cavalieri? Um, <laughs> for those who have watched it, you know I like a tequila or two. But you also, um, <laughs> I felt like your character, well, you are your character, yeah. but you were so honest. And there's a scene where you're talking about being a mum and the, you shared a bit about the struggles that you've been on, but I feel like you shared like this pocket of your journey, so much of it got shared on that show. Yeah, I did. I I really found it was an amazing platform and an amazing time when Kristen said, do you want to be, do you want to come up, you know, and be on it and I'd love you to speak about your journey and you know, I trusted her. She's an executive producer on the show. On the um, show, so I was like, "Yeah, I have no. I actually want to. I want to get my story out to the world because I want to be able to support every woman that's going through what I went through, which was just, you know, 
I never want actually any woman to go through what I went through, but to be able to be a sounding board and to just know that that's part of the reason why I share my story and I and I shared it on Very Cavallari. Yeah, and and I think you shared this kind of like vulnerable part of yourself, but you shone a light on a story that's still to this day not enough light shone upon, you know? Yeah. Are you comfortable yeah. sharing a little bit about your fertility experience? So sure. did you start with IVF? Is that Was that the beginning? Yes. Yeah. So my, my our fertility story is sort of a, it's almost a decade one. It took a lot longer than we thought that was ever going to happen, you know. Um, I was falling pregnant but not keeping you know, not being able to keep the, um, you know, early on, you know, and we call them, mis- you know, a very early on miscarriages. So we ended up doing, um, going to IVF Australia and going through rounds of IVF. And, you know, I was doing fashion bloggers. I was um, I was also then went into Style Squad. No, I wasn't doing Style Squad then. I was doing fashion bloggers. But, you know, every time I would um, do a round that didn't work, I would pick myself up and then go and concentrate on my career. So I was like, you know, the, it wasn't, uh, I just was, it was a juggle. And I didn't, I was like, oh, okay, I'll try again in six months. Well, okay. Um, and then suddenly it was three years later and I was like, what What am I doing? What's happening here? And I, I think that, you know, the long and the short of it is that it took way too long and we had no, I had no nothing wrong with me. Um, so I decided to go to, you know, the sister clinic in San Diego um, because San Diego, in America, they everyone's extremely enthusiastic, mm. and also it's that yeah, we'll get you there kind of attitude that I think I needed personally. Um, rather than you'll be okay, let's try again in a little bit of time. It was more like no, nah, let's try something else, no, nah, and just stayed on it. It got to the point though that after you know I had a. I had a, a lot of rounds of IVF. It was over 10. It was, it was yeah. about 13 rounds. And it seems silly that I'm vague about it, but honestly, it was a lot. Um, and a lot of that is just blocking a lot of stuff, not blocking That would have been out, traumatic, but, you know, though. I mean, 13 and was, you're injecting yourself on a regular basis. Yeah, I, yeah. And I was putting on, you know, I was carrying weight and it was just all around challenging but I would pick myself up again and it got to the point babe that we literally were going through all our embryos and it was a point of like what do we do now because this is not working and I literally cannot go through another miscarriage um I my, I, I mean, I was at the Writers' Festival having, like, I had mm. just gone through a mes- miscarriage. Um, you know, I was, you know, I can pinpoint everywhere where I was at, you know. It's it's one of those weird things. Um, um, and I just, you know, the clock's ticking, you know, the embryos mm. are going down and I've got no answers. So we decided to go 
down the route mm-hmm. of a surrogate. And that was all because of it, that was also America, why you're in America, correct? Yeah. Correct. And it was because there was no mm-hmm. answers. That's what we, it was our last sort of, it was really mm-hmm. our last resort. Um, and I had, I'd been able to produce everything else in my life. Why the hell was I not being able to produce a baby? It was a very yeah. challenging thing for me because everything I put my mind to, I can usually at some point yeah. get to. Um, so we decided to go down the route of a surrogate and we were matched mm-hmm. pretty quickly. I assume it's a lot like online dating. <laughs> I never got to do Oh, that, mate, you missed nothing. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I assume. <laughs> um, and we met a beautiful surrogate and um, and we got pregnant straight away um, on the first go. And all our dreams were coming true. And we had Christmas thinking it was... Yeah, we. Uh, it was all our dreams to come true. I sent a baby announcement on Thanksgiving to everyone and said that we were double trouble. Yeah. You receive one, um, and then I was I with you in LA. Was for some of that because I remember yeah. we both went and had candle healings together. Do you remember? You took you me to that too. healing place. I totally remember. And I remember, I remember on Style Squad I did an episode with you and you were going through IVF then. I, that would have been beforehand. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, it's, like, it's like a trauma. It's, there's, a, there's a trauma, but, yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's it's truly, it's it's truly it's that's right. Oh my god! And it all it was flooding back to me as you were sharing all of that. But LA, especially because oh, wow. you got your home. Remember, you got the home and you had yeah. the room that you were setting up for the babes. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I gave that's you a crystal crazy. or something for both of them. You did. You did. You did. Well, well, I've still got that. I've got so many beautiful <laughs> crystals. I've got a crystal collection from you. Um, but yeah, so we, I had Christmas, New Year in Sydney, and then I was got. I went back and I wrote in my diary actually that I, this was the last time that I was getting on a plane without the babies. Um, and I was shooting. I shot another Kristen video in Malibu, and the next day I was having. Um, I was going to have. Uh, coffee with Kristen and I got a call from surrogate and she said something's wrong um I'm got massive cramps I'm going to the Mm. hospital and I was like okay well I'll meet you down there and I got an uber and thank god mum was with me um and I literally walked into a movie that I didn't want to mm. be in and there were doctors everywhere and people were talking at me and my beautiful surrogate was lying there looking just, it's just. Ugh. How how far along was she? So we were 22 weeks and yeah. six days um, and I... I couldn't believe that I was making decisions. Josh was not with yeah. me. Josh was in Sydney. That would have been so confronting. 
and he was asleep so he didn't even know oh. what was going on and I had to call him and it was out it was weird he sort of had woken up at the similar time energy wise and um and I had to tell him that things weren't going very well mm. he then got a flight and as the doors were closing she was going into labor um and I didn't have the heart to tell him that um so we actually delivered Mm. Parker and Ellie Parker came first um vaginally Mm -hmm. like delivered um and he um was alive for 56 minutes and died on my chest um and then um, the nurses all left and left me with him. And then we had to deliver Ellie. And honestly, it was the most heartbreaking thing I've ever had to go if through. If no one should have to go through that, nobody. Um, yeah. They say the worst thing as a parent she is was... to outlive your child and you've done that. Yeah. Well, they were just... They were just little dolls. They were little, they were fully formed little dolls. And I know now where I'm meant to be, but it was just, oh, it was just. I don't awful. know. I don't know how you got through that. Then, I remember seeing you in Sydney down the line, quite down the line after you'd been through that. And I just thought, far out. This is the probably the worst thing anyone could go through in their life. Yeah, it's just after so yeah. many years of heartbreak and, you know, we just, we had them, you know, we had our babies. So it didn't take me very long. No, don't, so don't. Please do not. Do. Say sorry. Um, they're everywhere. The angels are everywhere. Just Did you get a, um, well, I'm probably jumping ahead, you got a watercolour done that sits with your bubs now, is that right? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. They just, yeah, and they look over Hunter and Andy and they look over us and I see, you know, 11, 11 everywhere. I can't even tell you how many rainbows I see. Mm. It's just insane. But um, they they are around. But, yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, it was heartbreaking. But that was in January. Um. January 11th um and then my best one of my best friends Louise her daughter was born on the Mm. same day and so we're really connected in that she's actually one of the godmothers Mm. to the twins now um but Lou you know it's just this they were just it's all these different connections that keep me connected and us connected to Parker and Ellie um but it was very, I, I allowed myself mm. a couple of months and a couple of really dark months. Um, but then it was sort of this light bulb switched on and I I realised, you know, mm. we had four more embryos and I thought, oh, gosh, I can't, I cannot be a depressed person. I cannot let their yeah. legacy yeah. be this because this and where I was was so sad and so dark, um, not in anything dark, dark, pain, but just pain, dark. And pain. I'm not a dark energy person, yeah. as you can imagine, yeah. so much. 
Um, and it wasn't healthy for Joshi and I and it wasn't healthy for anything. It was like I just didn't mm. want to be that person. Mm. I really didn't. And and so I reached out to our agency and she said, she was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you reached out. I wanted to reach out to you, you know, and ask you if you wanted to go again. She was like, I would carry oh. a baby for you if I could. But she found this beautiful, beautiful first-time surrogate. And I was I went down to Laguna Beach and I met with her and I loved her. She was so, she is so happy and positive and oh and she's like we're gonna get a baby for you we're gonna get a baby for you and I was like oh so we we did a transfer and the transfer um we found out that we weren't pregnant um the night before we did a dinner for Mother's Day for the Parker and Ellie yeah And it was like getting kicked in the balls, yeah. in the nuts, in the gut, in the head, in that like literally. And I went all through. And Joshi, actually, my husband said, I don't know if we can do this. And I was like, it, and honestly, um, I don't I can't, like our surrogate was like, I want to go again straight away. And the doctors were like, come on. Yeah. And our team was so amazing. So basically, we went again straight away. And we put two in because it was probability. Mm. We had four. We had three goes with our surrogate. We had three more embryos. So mm. we were like, let's put two in. And then we have one more go <gasps> and we got pregnant. How and inc- it was insane. Crazy. So timeline-wise, we, cel- we celebrated Parker and Ellie's anniversary yes. on the 11th of January and our twins were born on the yeah, 31st wow. of January, almost a year later. Yeah. Crazy. Ah! Crazy. <laughs> so that's a lot. Sort of I hope that was a two our sort of story. So, I mean. Not at all, no. Yeah. And you set up a charity as well in honour of Parker and Ellie. Yeah, called Pom Poms and Stardust. And um, the aim is to help other women going through what we're going through. Um, we, we went through support um, and husbands too, women and, you know. Of course. It, yeah. It's just, yeah, and I've been a little slow off the charity. We're going to be doing an outdoor under the stars event every year um, to raise money and um and we're sort of planning, we're just talking about it last night actually, when we're going to do it. So hopefully hopefully we can all get have more than 10 people around and we want to do it outside in November. Mm. So, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully so, us Melburnians can come I up to know. you by then. <laughs> hopefully. And if not, we were talking about doing it on the anniversary next year on January the, f- uh, oh, the 11th. Beautiful. So, and it might be just the, that yearly thing. So sort of coming to light thank you so much for sharing that because I imagine I I, look I can't imagine Pippi to be honest you know I think well what was interesting I and it comes back to the Instagram and social media I was silent a couple of weeks not knowing I lost my voice when Mm. I don't know about anyone else but for me, I lose my voice when I'm really upset. I cannot speak. Like I just literally go into a hole of quietness and I just lose my voice. And I actually put something online on Instagram and I had their little feet 
and mm. I made every, I, I decided to let my friends know that way because it was an easier it was just one time and I didn't have to get yeah. all the emails back and you know, I, I know I obviously did yeah. and it was the most extraordinary outpouring of global love from yeah. I friends that I, I haven't was... heard from in years people mm. I didn't know new friends old friends past people mm. but it gave me so much support and I was so surprised that a medium like Instagram could support me when I became, I was so, I was vulnerable and honest and I just did what I did sort of led by my heart. And I just, honestly, it it helped me so much. I've heard you in the past say, always keep hope in your heart. Yeah. That's very pippy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, how has that experience, because obviously you're a big believer in things shaping the future and yep. now having Hunter and Andy <laughs> and two little rascals with you. Oh, my God. How has that now shaped where you want to go career-wise and passion-wise? Well, it's an interesting thing really because everything changes, right? Um, mm. And everything's changed for everyone at the moment. So I think... I was ready to kind of connect my dreams. I've been running around the world chasing my dreams for a long time (laughs) Um, and I needed to be in L.A. because of um, not only professional but personal dreams. And I had this sort of, I said, epiphany the other night. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Um, But I did. And I was like, hold on a minute. I actually, I can sit quietly and I don't need to chase my dreams anymore. I put the hard yards in. Mm. I can sit quietly and work hard, but I can actually go and grab my dreams now. Yeah. And I can be anywhere. As mm. long as my, my heart and my my heart and my head are connected, mm. I can be anywhere, and I can I can live out my dreams. I can I can I can grab my dreams now. So mm. I'm sort of really trying to fall in love with everything. Yeah, because I have been I've been on this personal go get for a long time, and now I'm sort of in mark two, mark three of my career. So I've made this sort of really calculated, solid decision to focus on children's entertainment. Yeah. Which is so fulfilling. Yeah, I bet. And so, you know, so me, it's filling me up with happiness. Mm. I can... I can speak about rainbows and colourful glitter and sunshine all day um, and and sort of not not have to make excuses for it anymore. Mm. I'm really trying to be the authentic person who I am today, to, right now. So 
Um, I'm so excited. I'm writing, I'm writing children's music. So good, Pippi. <laughs> I cannot wait. You've got to let oh, me listen no. after this pod. I cannot wait. I would love to, I would love to play you something, but I am so excited. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's pretty close. So um, watch this space. Yeah. But I've been writing in this sort of in this lockdown, in this new world that we're living in and having that time for the you know creative people often don't have time to get everything out of their totally. brains and put yeah. it in you know i've had the opportunity to be able to put it at, put things to paper finally in between naps might i add <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a two hour window every, every day but i am able to it's i think everything's catching up and everything's sort of locking in in this beautiful, happy bliss that I'm sitting in at the moment. Oh, amazing. Can I ask one more thing about the kidlings, the little munchkins? Yeah, you can ask anything. Modern family. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take me through this. Like I was I was consuming it from the outside, but I want to know what it was like on the inside. Oh, my gosh. What a random <laughs> mummager thing to do. I, I mean, love it. Let's go check on that one. So yeah. basically, and I mean check, sorry, not check. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so basically uh, Josh was away and I, you know, I was juggling both babies, the sun shining is the Californian, you know, sun shining. Um, my uh, neighbour is an actor and he's like, oh, my God, you know, casting notice. They're looking, some shows looking for twins. And I was like, newborn twins. I was like, well, I've got them because Hunter and Andy actually were 30, they came at 35 weeks and Hunter was in the NICU for five weeks. So he was out and healthy and I, but they were like they were newborn because they were early. And I was like, yeah. I've got newborn twins. I did not even know how to put the stroller together, nor did I know how to put car seats in the car yet. That's how newbie this was. So I got mum to come with me um, on the morning of. We got a notice and it was modern family. And I was like, hold on a minute, modern family? We're going on the lot of Fox lot. And so no. I went down there. There was another set of twins that literally looked like they were going to high school. They were like so big, oh, they got my it, littles. Got and and um and we got we they, we got you know the uh, director came and looked at both the t- twins and then we were first up, and suddenly we were shepherded onto this set. Now I have not. I hadn't watched Modern Family in a little minute. Yeah. I didn't realise that someone was pregnant. Hayley was pregnant with yeah. twins. I yeah. thought that we were going to be like a flashback and there were twins replacing twins. I got on set and suddenly my babies were handed to the boys and I was like, hold on a minute. And then I watched yeah. from the monitor behind the director, me yeah. burst into tears. I was like so proud. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. And it was that they came out to Lion King. It was like, oh, oh, oh. Um, and, and I was like, oh, okay, well, this was fun. And then we got a call back for the final se- season and the babies were in the final season with Amazing. their trailer. I was Amazing. going on set for three days, four days. Um, and all, all I did was sat behind the director and just like took notes. I was like, this is the best. This is like full on, like, a yeah. course. Do you know? Yeah, it's a massive oh, television yeah. show. 
So I just sat there listening, learning, uh, you know, crossing my fingers that Hunter wasn't going to, you know, cry or Andy wasn't going to scream. Hunter was so into it. It was hilarious. Um, He was holding court. Yeah, amazing. And how does that experience differ to being on a reality show like Very Cavalieri? Because I imagine that's totally different. Like you just like go for it, and the cameras are rolling. Yeah, it's 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 very different um, because it's not staged. Yeah, you know everything's blocked out on Modern Family, so they do a lot of rehearsals, a lot of rehearsals, and then the babies are brought in. Yeah, um, and then. and then with the very cavalry, it's more like do a shot of tequila. Yeah, <laughs> really <laughs> amazing. How many cameras are there yeah. with very cavalry? Because it looks just like you feel like a fly on the wall. It's really intimate. Yeah, two, two to three cameras, depending on sort of the scene. Oh, so um, interesting. Yeah, so it was fun. It was. I got to go to Italy. I know. Did you go to, to Mexico Italy. as well? Did you go to Mexico? We went to Mexico. Yeah. We went to Italy. Like it was amazing. Mexico was just before the twins were born. Yeah. Like I was like like with Carmen. I was I was I was like I was like please don't give birth please don't give birth. <laughs> but, yeah. Amazing. But, um, was your last yeah, hurrah? We, it was my last hurrah <gasps> with my crew. It was amazing. It was so fun. Pippi, you are freaking incredible. I want to end this on a quote I read of yours and it's never give up because dreams do come true. And do you have one little last pocket of inspo you just want to share to anyone that might just be wanting to be a mama bear and struggling or not sure or grappling with something or someone that's got a dream and they're like, yes, I want to create my own stuff. Like what is your advice? Oh, Dreams like dreams do come true. Mm. If you work hard, um, yeah, just if you work hard, set your mind to it and know that there's support, but you are the you're the leader, you're the creator of your own destiny. I you know, that. don't let anyone set start, you know, don't let no stand in your way, don't let yeses stand in, just go for it, you know. Oh, I I just I truly believe that any all of us we can achieve anything we dare to dream. Oh, and you have always inspired me to live that way and it's such a dream to, I love you too, it's such a dream to you. always work with you so and get to hang out with you and every time we speak I'm like, let's do this thing. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> let's do this thing. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, Pippi. Oh, I adore you and great podcast. I love it. I've been listening. So, um, well, we want to shoot in person, but we've been in lockdown. I know. I feel very (laughs) honored to be asked to be, um, a part of this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pippi. Adore you. (laughs) Bye. That's a wrap on another episode of fearlessly failing. As always, thank you to our guests and let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate, and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.